Hey, this is Jeremy McCrory, and this is the Run for Jesus podcast, a ministry podcast that will help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before. Thank you for being here on this day. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 22. So if you have a pew Bible there, look at page 20. So you're welcome to grab one of these Bibles here. It looks like this in your pew. Um, You're welcome to get the one from the next pew if yours happens to be gone. Uh, If you don't have a Bible at all, you're welcome to take this with you as our gift to you. So again, that's page 20, and uh, we hope that you'll follow along with us. So in Genesis chapter 22, we see really the context to where this passage comes from that the choir sang from this morning. We see how all of these things are working together on a day like today. And, and we look to what fatherhood is and what it means and how, how it kind of manifests itself within this. Jehovah Jireh is what they, they said as they were singing this song. But within the biblical landscape, it would have been more like Yahweh. Jireh, because they didn't say the word Jehovah because of the sacredness of it all during that time. But it's the name given to the place by Abraham that he sacrificed a ram and provided by God that was provided by God instead of Isaac. So the Lord will provide or the Lord will see is what Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Jireh means. So it's important for us to understand the provisions of the Lord. But how How do we respond and what do we respond with when our obedience to God is tested? How do we respond in those moments when God asks of us what we think is more than we can actually do? What do we do when we are challenged in that way? That's really what the word tested means. It means that we are challenged in an impossible situation to a God that we know. In an impossible moment to a God that we know. So in this passage this morning, Abraham's obedience is tested. His obedience to God is tested in this. Genesis 22 passage, it says this in verse 1, it says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose in the, early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. He split wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place which God had told him. So imagine being a dad. And being told that the son that you love, that you've prayed for, that God gave you, the blessing which you have, now take your son and sacrifice him. I really think God's saying, who's most important to you? Am I most important to you is what I believe that he is saying here. Do you really love me the way that you say you love me? And in this testing, it's an opportunity... For him to say, yes, God, I love you more than anything. For Abraham, he was willing to sacrifice what mattered most. 
And I think to us, are we willing to sacrifice in our lives what matters most? Are we willing to sacrifice what takes the most of our time? What takes the most of our energy? What takes the most of our money? But what if he called us to sacrifice one of our kids whom we love? Now, any dad will tell you that in holding your child when they are born, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that when you hold them for the first time and you see God's blessings right in your hands. There's no, there's no tangible way to explain that outside of God loved me so much. God loves us so much, man, that He gives us the ability to look at life. But what if we had to sacrifice that? What would we do? You know, I remember being throughout life in ministry makes you involved in so many things or gets you involved in so many things and being on a mission trip right after Jonah was born and y'all when Jonah was born it, it just broke me because I mean I didn't know I could love that much and that deep but I went right after and I went on a mission trip and on the mission trip I would have Laura set a phone next to him so I could so I could just hear him and talk to him. You know, he didn't know anything about anything. He was too small to even recognize that or anything else. And then there was an opportunity when I got home, and I remember this. And sitting in the chair that we had in our living room, I just held him right here. And y'all look at Jonah. He, he, he couldn't do that anymore. But, you know, I, I held him right here, and I just cried. I just cried because... I didn't want to be away from him. I didn't want him to ever know what that feeling of separation was all about. I wanted him to always know that I was there and I've loved him. And the same thing with Jack. I've loved them all of their lives. From the moment God gave them, I've loved them. And so for Abraham, I think about the sacrifice from that standpoint because I couldn't imagine doing what he did. But this was God Almighty asking him, testing him in that sense. Verse 4, it says, On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw a place in the distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. And I can imagine this. Isaac probably understood what the sacrifice was all about. When they took the sacrifice and sacrificed an animal in order for the remission or forgiveness of their sins, he, I'm imagining he's putting all of this together and saying, Dad, I see the wood. I see the fire. I see all the elements of a sacrifice pleasing to God. And you said we're going to go worship over here. But wait, where's the offering? Where's the animal? Where's the lamb? Where's the ram? Where's, where's the animal? What are we going to do when we get there? And so verse 7 says, Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And I believe in that moment to Isaac, he said, God will provide. 
Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. Think of all the ways God has provided for us. How many ways has God provided for you to even be here today? The fact that you're here today, we celebrate fathers. But we've got to celebrate the Father in heaven who provided for us. Verse 8 says it like this. It says, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together, and they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built the altar and there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said to him, Abraham, Abraham. Again, he said, here, here am I. So Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. Abraham was willing to sacrifice what mattered most. Abraham was willing to do what he believed God was calling him to do. So if he was tested, he passed the test. When you and I are tested, do we pass the test? Do we follow through with what we've been called to do? Do we do the things that are hard? Because sometimes we think we do the easy things, right? It's easy to do the easy things, right? A lot of us think, well, I came to church this morning. But what did we have to sacrifice? Well, I have a job and I have a family, but where's the sacrifice? And I begin to think about it like that. You know, we are tested and we are gone through going through a lot of difficult moments in life but it's sometimes God just wants to see do you love me more than all of these do you love me more than your job than your your children than your spouse do you love me more than all of these things in your life which you give attention to which you put priority over do you love more than those Verse 12 said, he said, do not stretch your hand out against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your, your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went, and took the ram, offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Now Abraham called the name of of that place the Lord will provide and it so it is to this day and the mount of the Lord will be provided but not only was there a provision of the lamb I mean of the lamb or the ram in this case but there was something even greater that God did in this man's life because of his obedience see when I, when we're obedient to God God continues to open those doors right he continues to grow and stretch us. He, he continues to make us more like Him and continues to make the generations to come more and more different because of our obedience. The angels promised to Abraham and made a promise to his descendants. We understand that our faith life in that respect, it can 
it can actually in, infect and, and affect the generations to come. It can actually change the outcome of future generations. Weeks ago, I saw online Shane Pruitt. He wrote this via Twitter. He said, there's a four-generation fave. The first thing is parents don't make much make church a high priority for their kids. The second thing he said was kids grow up and make it less of a priority for their kids. The third fade was those kids grow up and make it no priority for their kids. The fourth fade was those kids grow up with no concept of God. Priorities today impact generations. So, as man, we have an opportunity to make an impact that lasts generations and generations and generations to come. But will we choose to do what God has called us to do? Will we do the hard stuff? Will we do the difficult stuff? Will we sacrifice the things in our life which seemingly matter most but really don't matter at all? And we can all choose to put those things in our lives, but we've got to choose to follow God and to trust Him even when we're being tested. Verse 15 continues it on. He says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand, of the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. So because of Abraham's obedience, all of these things happen. What happens to those around us because of our obedience? What kind of influence do we have? on those around us. Well, if I take an assessment of my life, my family ought to know Jesus better because they know me. They ought to know how much I love them, but, but it pales in comparison to how much God loves them, right? Most of us dads, the ultimate goal is to see our kids love the Lord with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. To see them love other people that are not like them. To love their neighbors. And to serve others. To continue the mission of God. The greatest things we see in our life, men, are not the biggest hit in the biggest game. The greatest things that we see in our life is when our kids are successful by the Lord's standards. And so for us, we see in this passage this influence that it had for generations to come. But it was God initiated and God led. Verse 18 says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Y'all, how many of us listen for that still small voice in our day-to-day -day lives? I mean, listen for God to speak to us through His Scripture. Sometimes audibly God speaks to us. Sometimes we're reminded by nature and what God's doing in our lives. Sometimes we're reminded in our prayer time. It says, because you have obeyed my voice. Verse 19, so Abraham returned to his young man, and they arose and went to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. 
So it came about after all these things that it was told to Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah has borne children to your brother Nahor. You use his firstborn, abuse his brother, Kemuel, and so forth. So there's this leadership that happens in his life because of his obedience. So it begins to make me, make us ask some questions of ourselves in our lives. And it's important that we continuously ask questions as men. What are some changes that we need to make so when the testing comes, we are found in obedience to the Lord alone? What are some changes, man, that we need to make that we put on the back burner? What are some things that God is asking us to do that we say, well, I'll do that someday. But the reality of someday is that someday may never actually happen. What God has called us to do, what He has tested us with, He wants to see if He's the most important thing to us. We cannot lead our families. We cannot lead our church. We cannot lead our businesses. We cannot lead anything without God being the first and only thing we follow. So the first thing we must do is repent and seek forgiveness. Now some of you might look at it this way and you might say, well, God already knows what I've done. And that's a true statement. He knows what you've done. He's waiting for you to recognize the wrongness of what you've done and come to Him for the forgiveness that only He can bring to your life. So repentance means you've come to God and you've asked for forgiveness from God. And when you come with that humble heart to God, and when you seek Him and His forgiveness alone, God has promised you that He will forgive you. He will set your feet on firm ground. He will give you a hope and a future through the forgiveness that you so desperately need. But it begins to bear the question too. What idols have we placed in our lives? What are we following? What are we giving ourselves to? What are we investing our lives to? And as parents, do our, do, do our kids know more about the things which we do than the God which we serve? Do they know more about our occupation and our business than the God that exists in our heart? See, our lives should exist to glorify the Father and to make Him known. So if we have an idol or anything we've put in prominence or place of God, then we need to begin to ask ourselves, what's most important? Is He most important to you and I? Secondly, are we willing to sacrifice what matters most to follow Him? Now, oftentimes we think in America, we don't have to sacrifice what others do throughout the world. But the reality of that statement is this. We must be willing to sacrifice everything for God in our lives. Y'all, we've come to a place in the road that we've got to make a decision whether or not we believe everything that the Bible says or not. And in our country, there used to be a centrality to the church. Everything shut down for the church. Everything was 
filled by the church. The, church, the, the hospitals, the schools, all those things were directed from the faith that we have in God and directed out from there and it influenced the world. Instead, what we've allowed for things to do is that the things of this world have become louder and more prominent than the things of God. So for us, we've got to come back to that, what matters most in our lives in order that we might be able to not only change the hearts and minds of our family, but the world around us as well. We have an awesome responsibility as men. And it doesn't matter what age we are. It doesn't matter if we're a brand spanking new dad, or we've been a dad all our lives, so to speak, or we have an influence today. And I think about the dynamic of Abraham and Isaac. And in my mind and heart, it, it also eclipses or shows a dynamic relationship between another father who ended up giving his one and only son. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, Abraham understood it at that point with Isaac and was willing to sacrifice Isaac. And, and so God says, you know what, I know how you feel. As God has sent Jesus to die sacrificially in our place for our sin. So Jesus died for us and did not stay there. He arose from the grave and lives forevermore. And so we understand the dynamic of all of this. That Abraham and Isaac, yes, but, but it can never eclipse God's love for us that sent Jesus to us. So that we might, if we believe in Him, have eternal life. See, I argue it this way. One of the greatest legacies of fathers is to pass along a strong faith example to our children. What needs to change in our lives in order for that to happen today? It's never, ever too late to start being the father that they need. It's never, ever too late to start living up to God's standards. It's never, ever too late to commit to Him your heart, mind, and soul. It's never too late to start. And it's my prayer today that you do that today. Abraham understood it in that time. Do you understand it today? What's most important to you on this Father's Day? Join me in prayer. Father God, we come today. Father God, we come today and we're so challenged by the relationship that Abraham had with you, God. God, I pray today as you are leading each and every one of us to repentance, to forgiveness, to understand our plan for you or be obedient to you. God, I pray as you call out to us, we say, here I am, Lord. Father God, as we're obedient to you, you do even greater and greater things in our lives for your glory and your name's sake. So God, 
I pray today that we're willing to commit to you to be better fathers, better husbands, better friends, God, better co-workers in the mission and the great commission you've called us to. God, I thank you that you give us more chances than we deserve. Father God, there are so many ways that you have provided for us like you did for Abraham. And God, we just thank you for that today. We're humbled by that today because God, you're so good to us. You're so good to us. So God, we just pray in this time if you're leading us to make a change in our lives. Father, we don't put that off. We don't wait till another day to do what you've called us to do here today. God, it's in your mighty name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Run for Jesus podcast with Jeremy McCrory. Tune in next time for more relevant sermons and ministry helps to help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before.